Hello, it's this Jubilee Small Podcast. It's episode 712. Hello, Lauren Clark. Uh, oh, how I'd ask, I'd ask how you are, but we've just <laughs> spent all the time that we should have been recording a pod speaking to one another off air. Well, we were discussing the big news of the morning and the evening and the whatever else time of day it is with good you. Good morning, good evening and good night. Yes. That's right. The budget. The budget. Uh, and the annual book of lies has been uh, released <laughs> again for yet another year. And uh, as uh, some pundits have already been saying... We've moved from having, and they seem to say this every year now since the big budget emergency, Joe Hockey, Tony Abbott budget of what, four, five years ago into now it God. being spend, 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 spend. So it's uh, it's time to Will give the Uncle money back. Will Costello. Oh, well, he was Will on an Uncle Costello prior. and ask him what he thought, eh? What does he reckon? Because he's, he's our... He's, He's the luckiest person that ever uh, entered politics, no. basically. He just sat on his butt while uh, the Chinese bought uh, a lot of our ground and uh, watched the money roll in and then claimed that it was his, his doing. And uh, rather than uh, give us any infrastructure or, uh, you know, anything no. really tangible. He except robbed for it, from the future. So that that's right, to uh, ensure that he had a longer so uh, that he got stay elected. in politics. I know. And, uh, you know, and he patted out some sort of legacy that... Anyone with half a brain could pick holes in uh, quite easily. But anyway, that's the end of politics for uh, episode 712. Laura Clark. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah. I did want to bring something up, actually. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's uh, related to the media. And I, I noticed um, yesterday that um, when I was listening to commercial uh, AM radio, Right. Um, because, frankly, there's not many other options on the AM dial anymore. Yeah. Uh, except when you're on, of course. And <laughs> it's a real uh, catch-22. Uh, been on for a while. Haven't been on for a while. Well, is that more of a reflection on you growing up or they're really losing the plot? What, how would one uh, pull that one apart? No, no, no. I couldn't go on the last time. The last time I was asked, I couldn't go on. And I didn't want to get my babysitter down from um, regional Victoria to come and um, (laughs) babysit for me (laughs) because I didn't want to do the conversation hour with my child on my lap. So, um, So sorry, what were we talking about? (laughs) I just love bringing out the one time you let me down, Stu It's like my favourite thing. It's pretty bad. I mean, and I've not seen, I have seen you since, I suppose, but not really. But anyway... uh, It, it it still haunts me that I some, I so you were listening train. to listening to hmm. I know that was to people who don't know what we're talking about. No, no, can I? I don't know. No. The other day, by the way, yesterday I need to address something from yesterday's Uh-oh. podcast. Yesterday you asked me what I listened back to the podcast, which I rarely do these days, but I listened mm. back to the first part, and uh, you said, "What does fledgling mean?" Yes, and you just completely ignored me. I didn't hear you because of the dropout. You know how sometimes we drop out? Oh, yes. It went... And you sort of caught up with yourself and I went, "Uh uh-huh. So I sound like this absolute moron who's like... Or or like just, I don't know, stick in the mud who's like, I will not answer that question. I thought I was just standing in the way of a good story. So what does fledgling mean? So you just, just happened again. You thought you were what? Standing in the way of your good story. And See, it, you just, all and you, of that sentence disappeared. So just so people know, that does sometimes happen. So if it sounds uh-huh. like I don't know what he's talking about, it's because regional Victoria, for all its charms, 
has oh, really bad you get internet. On the bell. It doesn't. It's actually your really end. bad internet, and I don't hear half of what Farrell says. And it's a miracle any of these podcasts come out. Sure. Fledgling means uh, the beginning. Uh, you know, starting out in it slightly wonkily is what is, I think it means. Is it related to a particular animal? I could have looked this up over the twenty-four hours since we last podcasted, but I didn't. So could have I before before raising oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have no, been the better option, actually, because no, I forgot about you uh, ignoring me. <laughs> it's not. It's not to do with an animal. I don't think fledgling. Okay. It just means like you know you can have a fledgling organisation, and it's like mm. you know oh, it's kind of it's like a like a little fawn standing up just well, for say the fawn, first time. Say, well, say it does or it does sound like a baby seabird. Oh, and the fledglings yeah, leave the, fled- <laughs> the nests or the or the. You know, the dunes, and off they go into sea. And the only 25% of the fledglings will make it to their destination. <laughs> You're actually not bad, man of a thousand voices. Thank Your you at, um, Attenborough is not bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you were telling me about listening but to the radio. Yes. Uh, And there was, uh, on the news, it's just funny how things are reported. In fact, I'll I'll give you two examples. uh, I mean, it's not not a new topic whatsoever, but it's just funny when you you see it uh, in front of you. Right. And the the RSPCA, uh, they've been in the news over the last 24 hours. And for those overseas, that's... uh, Have they? Yeah. I don't think they have. the last couple of weeks, because they've got a controversial new campaign to shock people out of their... Uh, you know, stunned mulletness. Right. Uh, because what they found is their softly, softly approach to letting people know that punching animals in the face is a bad thing hasn't been working. So what oh. they did was they, they decided oh. to round up maybe a, a four to half a dozen, uh, you know, abused animals uh, and put their images and stories into a pamphlet and an online sort of campaign right. just to maybe... <clears throat> Jolt the, uh, you know, perennially head in the sand or up one's, uh, you know, basketball, what do you call it, hoop? Uh, <laughs> yes. For the taller, for the taller ignorant person. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, they, they just weren't getting any, as we say uh, in the uh, media, uh, traction. Traction. Yes, thank you. And so uh, to gain some traction, they... Uh, did a bit of a shock campaign, which wasn't too hard. There was, a, there was, a, there is a terrible story of a dog that uh, it's still Don't scared. Tell. Don't I'm not saying what they did to the dog, yeah. but this guy is in jail. Thing is, right. so yesterday, you know how they reported on this? How? Rather than uh, saying the new campaign has started for the RSPCA who are out there protecting animals. Uh, in brackets, this is not what they said, but they could do a little bit better with uh, who they want to choose uh, to put their logo on some of their uh, food producers, but we'll just pull back from that one for now and go back right. to what they've been saying on radio. And uh, new campaign, they didn't say this, the new campaign started and it's, it's elicited a, a bit of a response from the public and uh, and it seems to be working because uh, people uh, realise that uh, there is a major cruelty to animals going on and uh, we should be aware of it and help the RSPCA in this fight, whether it's the RSPCA that you help or an independent organisation, it's a good thing to protect animals because they rely on us. Right. And instead of doing that, yeah. <laughs> the RSPCA has come under fire because they have people have been getting mail and being scared. And then they, and then they cut, cut to Joe Idiot, who's yes. like, oh, you know, I just I opened my mail and it's just... <laughs> 
picture of a th- you know it's not, it's not like there's blood yeah. and guts and grease off the rod there's a, just a bit of you know there's a sad tale and a dog with one eye perhaps and he's been sewed over and stuff or whatever mm, mm. and and it's it's like it's an attack like how can this organization do this to people in and, <laughs> and, and i and i i may be wrong but i'm sure that there, there might have been the, the the term innocent people used i mean really <laughs> and it it just it's, it's the just sort this of story. fear and anger reporting that uh, constantly. But you know, you know that's that's why I know, and that is why that is how they get their messages across. Like, it's they scare everybody. Well, it's actually just it's the way media works. So you know, I'd be surprised if the if the RSPCA didn't put out a press release saying the RSPCA is under attack because of blah blah blah. Because when you think about it, like that was how when they first introduced plain packaging legislation about cigarettes and you Mm. had to not only not advertise on boxes of cigarettes but put pictures of people with cancer on their you know on Mm. their mouths and stuff on the on the packaging um when that happened it was like oh this is you know people are horrified this is horrible what a horrible thing people are outraged And, and have you ever seen i think there's like a Facebook page or like a Tumblr or something of, you know, angry residents photos from well, local papers. Sad? Don't they look sad? sad are they yeah. sad? Yeah, <laughs> sad residents. Because they, they all look just standing there they looking look at their down arms the camera. crossed yeah. in oh, their oh, driveways. Yeah. And the kids usually at the front with their hands on <laughs> yeah. the hips like just trying to look angry. Just, I don't know. I'm too young to be angry about stupid things, but <laughs> they try, you know. <laughs> I'm doing what my parents it's are telling classic. me here. It's the classic. Well, I reckon that what that does when mm. they say that is like, oh, outrage. The Cancer Council's insisted on, you know, this and now like they're the bad guys. free rights have been taken away and they're the bad guys. What that actually does is raise awareness for the packaging, raise awareness for the message, which okay. is, you know, don't, smoke because it kills you kind of thing Mm. um and i mean it gets it in the paper it gets it in the media so the people who have done that job Mm. of you know putting out those pamphlets and putting up the the digital Mm. marketing marketing for it or whatever they've done a good job because it's in the media like people are talking about it you know what i mean because you're saying it could be a uh, form of guerrilla marketing in a way like so no gorillsy well, and, actually, it's not and we shouldn't be talking about guerrilla marketing when it comes to the RSPCA, should we, really? I mean, even though it is a different gorilla, we uh, we may want to lay off the gorillas because they're in a bit of strife too. So. Oh, everything is. It's devastating. I've been finding myself, you know, having to breathe into a paper bag at the traffic lights lately because of the state of the world. Well, I mean, um, and oh. for you, someone that likes going to zoos and seeing caged animals, it must be sort of hard, you know. It's, uh, You're so cute. You're just right. so cute how you Perfect. just sometimes you do just a drive-by. You just be, you just be on your way somewhere else. You just see me out the window. And you just take me out. <laughs> just how she goes. Take that, Mama. Yeah. Oh, she was just there. I don't yeah. know. Did it? Did it mean? Did I mean? Did it mean well, anything? It wasn't my fault. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how I was born. <laughs> she was standing there. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but you go for the butterflies, and they're not endangered. So well, yeah. well, yeah. some and, are. Uh, they prob- oh, they are, dude. Lots of things are. Well, anyway. yeah, look, g- give me your five-second summary on this. Do you think... Oh, God, don't. Mate. Do you don't think... Even your five-second summary. I never get to get you to do a five-second well, summary. Well, because you yes. don't have any faith in my opinion, and, 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 I, <laughs> and I probably couldn't get the five seconds out. So. Total rubbish. Total uh, rubbish. But do you think, um, in, in your learned opinion, mm. that uh, we 
or say even uh, you've you've got children. You're on record as saying that. Thank you, Lauren. Quiet. I've got what? Children. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think that it does drop out rather a lot? Yes. There is a very big chance. Yeah. That your children could be close to the last uh, generation of humans. No, dude, I'm not going to talk to you about this because it makes me so anxious that I actually do require oxygen. I cannot cope. So stop. So that you're line saying of there could questioning. be there could be truth in that then? I don't know. I don't but want it. I don't want to think about it. Could there be sorrow? Could there be something exciting about being the last of the no, humans? No. And here's the thing. It makes mm. me so furious. I was thinking about this literally like yesterday, mm. driving along. It makes me so furious that you can be in a position where you are politically enraged to the point of apoplectic and also apathetic. Like also knowing that you Unless you like literally run for office, which is what people are doing in America, you know, mm. parents and stuff. They're just like, "Why? Well, if no one else is doing it, I guess it's my turn. Up we go, kind of thing." Mm. And uh, like, who wants to do that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and particularly in Canberra, particularly in Australia, like, why would you put yourself through that? It, and or you, let alone your family. Do you know what I mean? And if you have a look, we're on record. Thank you, Lauren Clark. Yeah. Saying that the the quality of person in Canberra is quite low, and we're not the only people who say that. I'm 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 quite sure. So why would you want to Welcome go and spend to half your life with them? Fifty fifty column in the Herald Sun, um, <laughs> Canberra. The people in Canberra. Um, no, but they are they are a special kind of uh, scum now. Like it's well, it's changed from being ah oh, yeah they're radio yeah. You know, you, once upon a time it used to be you're a you're a red union nut nut job. Or you're a blue-blooded knob and then somewhere they'd meet in the middle, right? And now it's just yes. a, a, a melange of scum. Yeah. Uh, and it's... Uh... <laughs> a melange of scum. I heard uh, Barnaby the other day. Actually, I didn't hear him. Hmm. Um, uh, just right. I hope you didn't melange, have to see him. Melange of scum. I didn't have to see him either. It was a reportage of him. It was a, it was a pink piece, to be honest with you. I stopped, oh, I involving stopped, Barnaby Joyce. <laughs> I stopped reading um, Red Hot Takes on the Childish Gambino <laughs> oh, um, video for Let 35 seconds and started reading, um, yeah, and, and, and about this. And it was somebody or other making the very valid point that Barnaby Joyce had said uh, the thing about Canberra is, um, you know, people's families should be moved there or something. There was some argument for like people's families. It needs to be more family friendly. It needs to be more mm. amenable to people to have their families well, with them in Canberra. He just started his own one there, didn't he? <laughs> well, that was, I mean, that's kind of what this person was pointing out was right. like, if you can't well, move your own Barnaby, one, let me start a new one. Totally. Like, and you can't blame the structure of like politics or the way a city works for the fact that you, you know, shagged somebody else, like who was not your wife. Hmm. You know what I mean? And they're, they're, that that was just, I mean. It's a bit of a stretch blaming a, a, a city go, on the fact that you're uh, shagging your you know, secretary, you know. But it did, but it did remind me that they all kind of think of Canberra as like, and it is what, if you've ever been to Question Time in Canberra and, you know, to international listeners, I'm sure, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been to Parliament and seen mm. how politicians work together, you do realise that it's, it's, for them, it's kind of like high school. 
Like, oh. you know, they're all in together and like these bozos are yelling at those bozos and, you know, they don't like each other and these don't like each other at these guys. Like, we're mates, ha, 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 look at you, ha, ha, And there's, it's just, just incredibly childish. It's and not even childish. Like, it's like that's an insult to children, you know. Well, and yeah, and I, I've I mean, based my whole life on insulting children. Yeah, yeah it's kind of schoolyardy, and like, and it's also though it's a little bit. It's just funny the way we structure society because it's 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 like the time when, so when I went to law school, um, I there I had one teacher who was a complete sensation who I know I've spoken about before, but who who made me just think law was going to be spectacular from start Mm. to finish. He was extraordinary. And I never got it <laughs> and, ne- and never reached those heights again. No. <laughs> and it was my first subject, so I was screwed for the next mm. few years. But anyway, um, but one of the things he said, and he was a really great dude to have in a, uh, in a university like the one I was at where there were... Teacher, yeah. Pardon? Lecturer, teacher, yeah. Lecturer. He was a, sorry, yeah. He was, handy, a, yep. he was really great to have because he went. He turned up and he went and he just questioned everybody's assumptions the, constantly the whole time. Oh. <laughs> and um, so you would – and you'd read a case and all these people would come in and because they were like cream of the crop, top of the class nerds, mm-hmm. they, um, they would all – they'd all put their hand up knowing the answer and he'd go, mm-hmm, cool, you gave me the answer. Now, what do you think? And what do you think about this? And what do you, and like, what do you think? Why do you think? Like, I remember one time he was like, so this case here, it's a famous case. It's the most famous case. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Donahue and Stevenson, which is why, oh. you know, half the, you know, cafes in the law district of every like Anglo um, Australian whatever town uh, called Donahue and Stevenson um, or the bottled snail or something because yeah, there's yeah. a case about a bottled snail, That's a right. snail that, in a bottle. Anyway, and it was the first tort case, mm-hmm. first non-criminal case where, where there was a harm done to somebody. Right. And they ch- so it, it changed the whole of law forever, right? Anglo mm-hmm. law forever. And um, so we all had to read up on Donahue and Stevenson. It was our first case in torts. And, and Ian Malkin said to us, right, he was a teacher and he goes. and he's can- high school. Canadian dude. Yeah, you would have. Mm. Canadian dude with like a hilarious moustache, always wearing um, like the pride flag colours somewhere, like in an earring or a, on a T-shirt or something. Uh, in the day, in, in, in a day and a time, in a very conservative environment full of people from St Ponsers who were sitting there going, you're what? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And he was just amazing. And he – but he, he said – I think so, St Ponsers is a good uh, – uh, <laughs> but anyway, continue. Anyway, so he so he would – and he would – and he'd say, right – and he would talking about Donahue and Stevens and he said, so – this change all of tort. This is where this is where tort law comes from in this mm. in in this tradition. So, uh, and why do you think that? And everyone was like, you know, hands up for all of the answers. Hands up for this. Hands up for that. They've all done their reading and their little highlighters and stuff. Mm. And then he goes, and now why do you think this case um, happened? And why do you think suddenly everyone was willing to change the law? In a, in a legal system based on precedent, why were we allowed to suddenly change the law? And everyone was like, oh. <laughs> he mm. said, so then think about it. Why would, you, why would a traditional like bunch of old, you know, white guy judges back in the day mm. change the whole legal system? What do you think they were trying to do? And, and everybody thought for ages. And somebody – and then he said, all right, let's talk about who, the case, who was bringing the case. Oh, it was 
Donahue versus Stevenson. Radio, well, who was Donahue and who was Stevenson? Anyway, they broke it down and they broke it down and they broke it down. And they realised, and, and we realised all of these things about, about sort of structural, um, like legal systems and then the way the world works and the differences between them, including the fact that the person doing the suing was a woman, but you women couldn't sue. So she had to sue through her husband. Right. And the person who was being sued was Jewish. And it was a time when there was a lot of anti-Semitism and he owned a, he owned a business and it was a small business at a time when there was – that was – you know, there was this perception that this was being that – that these small businesses were being overtaken by these, you know, grubby, you know, blah, 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 like all this horrible anti-Semitic stuff. And suddenly all these British guys were like – and so this poor – gentlewoman over here and her husband who was wronged mm. can now sue the Jewish guy. And so in and we were all like, oh, it's just completely like it was not written down in anything. And he just completely and, and he did that from that was the first day of class. And he did that every single day after that. He was the best teacher and he just made you just want to do it all forever. And he used to say to me, uh, every um, I'd say, oh, this is getting like I'd go back to him, you know, ages later and go, I'm studying corporate corporate law, and it's making me want to kill myself, <laughs> and yeah. like it's the worst, it's horrible, and also I don't understand it, I don't know what this means and what that means, and who cares about mergers and acquisitions and like all this crap, and he go, Lauren, you've got to remember, law is about stories, it's always about stories, and you got to sort of figure out what the story is. Anyway, fantastic teacher, right? Is the point, mm. but. Well, the reason I was telling you that was that he said, one of the other things he said in the first week was, um, how many of you guys have been to a courtroom? <laughs> Nobody put their hand Like, you know, a couple of right? people put their hands up. A couple. Yeah. And, he and said, you? Uh, no. Right. No. First year law, I had not. And mm. he said, radio, go down. And I think it was an assignment, but he said, mm. go down and see a court case that you can walk into anyone. It's theatre. Go and watch it. And he, we, I used to go in and I would watch, I just watched hours of it. I'd go in, I'd sit there in lunch breaks between work, things I was doing. Like I'd be, I'd be going to work in the morning and then in the afternoon I'd go and I'd sit there and I'd watch case after case after case. Sometimes I'd watch half a day of like some dumb thing. Sometimes there was this amazing case. It was the longest case in Victorian legal history, mm. um, which was exceptional where there were like three mistrials and it was crazy amazing and there were all the top lawyers there and I got to watch and it's famous and I was there watching half of it and, and it was incredible. But there were also just other things and I got into afterwards, there were all these people fighting, 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 fighting. These people were fighting, those people were fighting. This person was like eye-rolling that other person like, oh, I can't believe he's suggesting this, Your Honour, like blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. And there were these people and the people who were actually involved in the legal case, they were like, you know, sitting there quietly while all the lawyers were doing their thing. And then um, I went out when it was recess, you know, court needs to have a break, everyone go. And I went out and they were in the hallway chatting, having, like talking, you know, the oh, Dave, I know, yeah, footy, yeah, Carlton on the weekend, you going? And like, I was like, what is this? And it's the same as Canberra in a way. It's well, like, that's it's, what it used to be like. That's what they lament is that that, that sort of collegiate stuff outside of all the ball. Is disappearing as well. In it is Canberra. becoming, yeah, uh, yeah, right. It is becoming super partisan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, because I I really I kind of thought you know 
and and there is a lot of reading that I actually later did on this in in the actual degree that I was doing, but about how you if you are a person who like if you're an in if if you've got an in-house lawyer, like say I don't know, I'm looking at my computer, Apple. Say Apple mm-hmm. had an in-house lawyer who mm-hmm. just rocked up to court. Like did, you know, five cases a week, right? Bing, 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 you, 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 you. That person, she would know the judge. She would know the, you know, opposite mm. side. She would know everything. And you sitting over on the other side, the musician who played the such and such and who's being sued by Apple has never been in court before, will never be in court again. It's your the biggest, most horrifying day of your life. Yeah. Everyone else around you is at a massive advantage, like just even socially. Do you know what I mean? Like Totally. I still think that stuff's kind of amazing. Like it's kind of, it's, it's all such a performance. It's all it's such a kind of superstructure. You know what I mean? But anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've opened a bit of a can of worms on <laughs> with that one because we're not going to talk about the unfairness of the law and the legal system now, are we? <laughs> No, we're not. <laughs> I was, I was actually just trying to illustrate a point, and then I got carried away you with did. Ian Malkin again because he is just the most amazing dude ever, and oh. I, I, it's got nothing to do with anything. Well, I just in between like all that, you you did use a, a homophobic slur, and uh, what I wanted to bring up, what? Lauren. Oh, you said an what old-fashioned one there in there, uh, in, in the naming of a, a, a fictional school. And anyway, um, you 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 Some were talking. Tonsers. Yes, how you were is talking... that homophobic? Oh, really? Is it not? Oh my a god! Ponce. Why am I keep ho- why am I keep stumbling into homophobic phrases? Well, you told well, me something you, else was homophobic. Yeah, later. I'm about to bring it up turd burglar. Now, Lauren yeah. Clark, you were you were uh, going on about calling ter- people turd burglars of late. I, and then I photos. said the word turd burglar stumbled out of my mouth, which I've never. I, and you said, "Ha ha." That's I didn't say homophobic. ha ha. I was shocked. And anyway, yeah, Lauren yeah. Clark, uh, then you proceeded to put up a photo of a truck with turd burglar written on it on our Instagram, which uh, I was okay. frankly shocked no, about. No, and shut then up. I we was... had the owner of the turd burglar company get in contact with us. Say that's my company. <laughs> so I, uh, I need you legally, and I'm glad you brought up the courts of law yes. to apologise uh, to the turd burglar poo removal company for uh, slandering them on air. No, excuse me. I'm going to, I'm going to just tell people a little bit. In, in, in um, defamation, <laughs> there is a defence and it is called truth. <laughs> so what you're about to hear is the truth, which uh-huh. is a defence of myself. Um, first of all, I'm looking up the word ponce and you're right, an effeminate man. Thank you very much. You don't forget, um, I grew up blah, in very un-PC times. Words like ponce and wow. turbo were like second nature to me yeah, until, I, I, w- until meant- I was woke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whitest use of woke in oh, a well. million oh, yeah. years. I bet you you won't hear that in America. Ponce, Turburger and woke in the same sentence. Can we, we've got to stop saying the first two though. Uh, no, okay. Because so they listen, are offensive terms. Po- I'm on I, record as saying that. I thought a ponce was some like gender free. Like I thought a woman could be a ponce and no. it was like a snob. I thought it was a snob. No. I suppose okay. the, nicest, the nicest possible way you could probably use it was if you're saying, oh, no, you can't. I was going to say, oh, they're, they're poncing around. But even poncing around is no good. You but can't. see, I thought poncing around meant like. No, it's a slur. Yeah, okay? I didn't a, know. I didn't know. I think because of Whitnail and I, which is actually homophobic. It's got homophobic scenes in it. And I'm mm. sure I'm calling you a ponce is, 
Yeah, homophobic now that I think about it. Holy yeah. crap, I had no idea. Anyway. You can apologise uh, to the turd so no, burglar. No, 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 listen, listen. The turd burglar thing. I said turd burglar. <laughs> Lots of people got in touch and said they didn't think it was homophobic. This is the only podcast in the world that's going to make some <laughs> turd burglar and ponce this amount of times in one episode this year. <laughs> anyway. You're listening to history, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's one of the greater moments of history. I, but I then we literally did, we like... We've become very un-PC, by the way. I know, we had the last week. The, the hearing it, impaired copped a bit of a... Not a serve, but they... Nobody copped a serve. Not a but, serve, but... But it, I they, agree. We're not yeah. up to our usual standard of rigour, Stuart, and I'm not no, happy with it. I think I. we need to it's up you, our game. Well, you're the one bringing the homophobia into it. Anyway, so I... But then, a couple of days later, I saw... I was driving along, and the, the truck in front of me was called the Turd Burglar. <laughs> yeah, it, hang on. So is, there I, anyone, is there any more <laughs> South Yarra-esque... <laughs> turd Burglar? And it said on the right-hand side, and it was a poo-collecting truck, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Kenny from the movie Kenny would use. And it had what? on the... Oh, yes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on... He, he's got this called Splashdown, actually. Your, oh, you're my favourite. Kevin and, Jacobs, he's, he's my favourite. And then on the right of, of the thing, there was a, like, you know, where they, some... Like, I know there's a, there's a um, plumber in uh, that we used to have the business card for from um, when I was a kid and I just used to remember reading it because it was left lying around and stuff and it said Gary Inch was the name of the plumber mm-hmm. and then underneath it said better by a mile. Gary Inch, better by a mile. <laughs> and this one said turd burglar and on the right-hand side it was something like recycling politicians' promises or something. Like it had a like oh, a funny – so it was like obviously very self-aware mm. about the whole concept of poo being hilarious <laughs> and oh. just trying to make that work. Mm. And until two days prior, I would have thought that was just a, like an amusing thing. And then I realised – but then I saw it and I went, wow, there you go, homophobia. Is it homophobic? I'll put it out on social media and see what they think. Mm. And now you're informing me that you think it's homophobic. So I suppose you owe them an apology, Stu Farrell. What? How did I get dragged into your homophobic rants? Lauren Clark. You weren't Help. paying attention and I did it while you were pre- obviously pretending to listen to me. I was listening. And you doing can't... something else. I was not doing anything. I was li- actually listening to see what you were going to come up with. Uh-huh. And you uh, didn't have anything and then you didn't try and blame me. <laughs> Lauren Clark, how do the uh, Podcast Standards Bureau get in contact with us to give us an official warning? Uh, I think they should. I think we've been off the game lately. Stuart Farrell, they can find us at Stupidly Big. We're stupidlybig.com, Stupidly Big on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and iTunes where you can give us a rating a review of six stars or more thank you very very much indeed to those who have thank you also to people who've been in touch um including uh liza who told me that i should go and visit you Stu. well i like that at your at your place and that there's an exhibition of uh children's book authors or no i don't know something i went and saw it the other night it's not bad but you saw it, did you? Yeah, Reimagine cool. the world according to children's books. Anyway. I texted you and said you should come up and down and see it. Yeah, I ignored that, but I was... Uh, yeah, but then Liza yeah. says it. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will hopefully see you tomorrow. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>